Hello and welcome to The Gold Podcast. I'm Mark Koskila and I'm flying solo once again today. But don't worry, my co-host Helena will be back with us next week. For today's episode, I'm pleased to be bringing you a bonus bite-sized edition of the show. Later this month, we'll be releasing a brand new edition of Gold Magazine. And in it, we interviewed Davidek Heron, Global Head of Digital at Roche. And today, I'm pleased to share some brilliant extracts from the interview, as well as some exclusive insights. Gold's assistant editor, Isabel O'Brien, caught up with Davidek to discuss his journey from professional basketball player to farmer leader. He spoke about how to respond to failure, his unique take on digital transformation, the secret to job satisfaction, and much, much more. So let's dive straight in. First up, Isabel asked Davidek to go right back to the beginning and tell us about his early life from his college years through to finding his feet in the pharmaceutical industry. Let's take a listen. If you just go back a little bit, I'm from New York originally. Um, I'm a biochemist by education. Um, found out very early on I didn't want to be in the lab forever. Um, and I actually wanted to be a doctor. So growing up, I've always wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine doctor. Growing up in inner city New York, I actually uh, got opportunity to get to college through full athletic scholarship. So I played uh, American football and basketball there um, while obviously getting a degree in biochemistry pre-med. After college, I got accepted to medical school. While I was going to Albany Medical School, I was going to start that journey to be uh, you know, a surgeon or just an MD. And uh, funny enough, during the same time, I got drafted to play professional basketball. Um, so it was, it was a difficult decision at the time. Um, my advisors were like, listen, you know, you never had a chance really to, to explore and travel the world. Um, travel with some NBA teams, so I did, so like the Knicks, Blazers, et cetera. But ultimately, I decided to play professionally overseas because I never had a chance to, what they say, travel across the pond, right? What I knew the rest of the world was what we saw on TV, magazines, and everything else. And as you know, that's not a good depiction. So... I did that, lived in Germany my first year, amazing experience. I was like, all right, well, let me try somewhere else, Czech Republic after that. Then I did Asia, Philippines, which was amazing. Um, so, you know, I did that for a couple of years. It was a good experience. Didn't want to do that forever. And I, I was a player and coach, actually. So I coached a lot of good uh, teams there as well. And I came back and I was like, best way if you know you want to be a doctor is work with them. So I started off actually in the pharmaceutical industry in New York City in women's healthcare. Point up, I interviewed for a position that they wanted like 15 years experience. I had zero. Long story short, I met some world-known physicians and they said, Davidic, if you truly want to make a change in healthcare, move up in a model and break it. Um, and that's really been my passion the last 15 years of my career is how do we really transform this model to benefit society as a whole? Really interesting to hear about those early experiences and the origins of Davidek's ambitions to transform the healthcare model. Next up, Isabel asked him about how his career in professional basketball prepared him for his career in the pharma industry. Yeah, time management is the first one, right? So even in college, uh, having to manage, you know, eight-hour labs and then, you know, you know, dual sports, uh, you, you learn time management very quickly in, in life. But really, it's around, you know, goal setting. Um, you know, learning to accept failure. I know a lot of times you hear people say, hey, accept failure and all that. In sports, you, you have to, you have to accept it, right? And you have to understand and learn from it to, to really drive forward and, and really lean into the outcomes as a team you, you want to achieve. Um, really around teamwork, right? So everything we do, we, you know, we talk about digital, but if someone asks me like, what is digital? It's, it's about people, right? So and I think within sports, just really how, how do you align people to understand, you know, you know, things like digital or just, you know, evolution of how we interact with the world is all around people. 
Um, and I think within sports, what I learned there, either from a coaching or playing perspective, is, is we're, we're all in this together, right? We, and, but we all have our different um, passions and goals of why we're in this industry. So I think that's one of the key takeaways there, right? I mean, we're all trying to drive to align outcomes, whether it's winning a championship or, or seeing a specific new indication get the, you know, the impact that it should have on patients, right? I mean, it's, it, it's all similar. It's all about people. Clear parallels there between professional sports and the world of business, particularly in creating an environment where people are allowed to have different passions and motivations, but are unified under a common goal. Next, Isabel asked Davidek about his thoughts on dealing with failure. Obviously, this is common in sport, but it's also very relevant in the world of digital where experimentation is key. This is one of our exclusive snippets, so let's hear what he had to say. Funny enough, it's very simple. Actually, just a the, the first thing which I've seen is it's not about it's about just accepting it and calling it out, right? A lot of times you don't like to call out our failures. Um, but I mean, just in recognizing it was a failure and even taking a step back before entering whatever it is we were trying to do. For example, if we were trying to initiate a, a new personalized healthcare piece here, whatever it might be, understanding what is the outcome we were driving towards, right? Were, were we aiming to win that championship or were we just aiming to play the game, right? I think that's where it all starts is just understanding where is the end point we were driving towards and then did we meet that or not? And if we didn't, we learn from that and then we pivot, right? And it comes back to, Everyone talks about agile ways of working and things like that, but it's it's it really if, if you think about it, it's it's called exponential growth, right? So within any process, you never want to embark on these multi-year tactics or or solutions, right? You want to like I mean, look at uh, the Amazons of the world; right? they want to be a book company. Now look at them now, right? Look at Tesla and others. Like, how do you take quick little wins and then build on top of that? But when you fail, call that out and learn from that as an organization. I think that's something as as a world, right? We still need to embrace the comfortability of failing, but also the safety behind that as well. Because I still people feel they have the the psychological safety behind failing as well, and that and that's in many organizations, even outside of our industry. Pertinent advice, therefore, all when it comes to turning failure into something more productive and positive. Moving now onto the topic of digital, the past few years will be remembered as a time of great digital transformation for the pharmaceutical industry. But with every buzzword comes myths and confusion. So Isabel asked Davidek to define what digital transformation means to him. First thing is, it's not about digital. It's about people, right? Um, and I think that's something that people, you know, sometimes we get we get too stuck up into to the name of digital. But it's, it's really how do we enable and empower our people insights and, and information around them to do even more amazing things, right? It's not about digital. It's not about replacing people. Right? We're not talking automation, automation, things like that. It's, again, how do we make sure when we're working with, you know, patients, healthcare providers, and I'm talking from, it, from pharma now, health, you know, government systems, how do we make sure we're, we're, things are simple, consistent, seamless, right? Um, how do we make sure we're helping partner with the, the government healthcare systems, right, to, to move things forward? And I think, unfortunately, it's still myth that digital is, oh, this is purely IT, it's about technology. Again, learning from from failing, right? And I, I call it out. I, I've, I've leaned too much into the technology piece early on in my career, thinking that would solve it, but it's not. It's not about the technology. I mean, technology is, there's many different core systems that you can leverage out there, whether it's from blockchain, Salesforce, et cetera, but it's about the people behind that. So th those are some of the biggest myths. Um, it's, it's not about digital, it's about people. It's about us. It's about creativity. It's about how do we leverage all these amazing insights to really drive 
better outcomes as, as a society. Some great thoughts there. Another interesting section of the interview that didn't make it into the magazine was a diversion into the topic of the metaverse, a new area of passion and interest for Davidek, who spent some of his recent holiday diving into the intricacies of this virtual world. In this clip, he talks us through his views on this emerging technology. There's a lot of amazing ideas, right? One thing if you know about the metaverse, and, and a lot of it is, is still buzz, but there's a lot of passionate people behind this that will make it succeed. So I think there's one thing we have to understand is it's not going away. And the question is, how can we leverage this to benefit society in a positive way? What we do know is there is some practical things you can leverage now around just, you know, drug safety, things like that on the blockchain, verification, ledgers, et cetera. But what we don't know is how can we actually at scale drive better patient outcomes through that, right? Um, whether that's, you know, virtual hospitals or, or whatever it might be, but then how does that access them billions? That's still questionable. The questions we have around metaverse is just the efficiency. So obviously, as we want to go carbon neutral as a society, it is very, you know, it does consume a lot of energy, right? That's a fact. But with Ethereum 2.0 coming out, they are going to, you know, they're going to fix a lot of this. So it is still very early. But again, it's we don't know, we don't know. And I think right now what we're seeing a lot of passionate people with companies is jumping into it. From a pharmaceutical perspective, there is a lot of specific on drug discovery piece. Um, there is some stuff done leveraged on blockchain, but I haven't seen it on the commercialization side or, or or bigger yet within the industry. But I don't think that's, in my opinion, that's not going to be driven by the the big pharma that's going to be, you know, a lot of these smart startups are, are leaning really heavily into this, right? And they're doing some really good advancements there. It was funny. I was just watching uh, last night Player One with my two little kids. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen that movie, right? It's like, it's it almost, they predicted like this whole metaverse and this augmented reality piece. Um, but I, I don't see it like that in any time soon, but there will be some really good utility behind some of this um, that will benefit patients. What that looks like, we haven't defined that yet. Interesting to hear about the potential, but as Davidek says, only time will tell if this virtual world will be worth the hype for pharma. We'll be exploring this question in even more depth in the next issue of Gold. So if you're interested in the value of the metaverse for the industry, be sure to download the next issue when it's out later this month. Finally, Isabel asked Davidek about what he's most enjoyed about his experiences of working around the world, both as a basketball player and a leader in the pharmaceutical industry. One thing that really brings joy is being able to, I say, break bread with, with different cultures, different people, different understandings. Right? I think that's what that's it's really fun. Right. Um, and, and it helps you better understand. Right. What's what's going on. And I think that's me personally having the ability, that's why I've chosen to leave our comfort zone of the U.S., right? Even back in college, right? Just to travel and understand and experience different cultures. Because sometimes, again, you, you, you're you in your bubbles, um, whether for good or for bad, right? You find yourself in a remissive environment. And sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zones and understand truly what's going on on the other side. In order to do that, you have to pick up and go and experience it, right? You know, it is not like it's market research. Literally, you're on the ground. You're having dinners. You're you're, you're talking, with people. That's satisfaction. And also I'm a foodie as well. I love food from different areas. So that's that's something else I also enjoy. Um, but really it's, it's about the people, being able to understand the reality. And sadly, that's all we have time for for this week's episode. 
great to hear from our fantastic catalyst for the next issue, Davidek Heron. Do look out for the full interview when the magazine is released later this month, where Davidek additionally shares his thoughts on artificial intelligence, what skills the future digital workforce will need, and much, much more. We will be back to our normal format next week, where I will once again be joined by my co-host Helena. But until then, take care, stay safe, and goodbye for now. 